Hey everybody, welcome to our time of fill in the blank. Mark here. And Jessica. And we're so excited to be with you. This is a standalone series where it's not the Menlo Midweek, it's not the Menlo Sermons Podcast, but this is our time to get to know our new senior pastor, Phil Eubank, a little bit better. Yeah, we are so excited that he's here with us. And you might be thinking, didn't we already have some videos like that that came out last year? And the answer is yes, we did. You can go to menlo.church slash senior pastor to check those videos out. This is a different opportunity where we want to hear from you, what you want to know from Phil, and we're going to ask different types of questions, maybe some deep theological ones, maybe some lighthearted, what's your Phil's coffee order? Exactly. And so this is a collaborative effort. Treat this time as your time with Phil as well. We'd love to pass your questions on to him so you could send those in to us either in social media or our text number or email and we'd love to pass those on to you we're super excited about this opportunity with phil we hope that you are too and now let's have phil on for phil in the blank welcome everybody to phil in the blank mark here and jessica and of course our new senior pastor phil eubank what's up everybody Glad to be back. Week two. <laughs> Week, Week two. two. How you feeling on your 17th day of uh, staff? Great. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, it's a lot to, you know, I'm still meeting people. I feel like in having genuine conversations for the first time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And That's so I just came from one of those, which is great. But people are like, so what is your long-term thoughts about oh, insert gosh. subject? And yeah. I'm like, hey, can I finish unpacking first, you know? And so, uh, and what's hard is I think that my personality, I probably have an opinion, mm-hmm. um, but thankfully with a little bit of spiritual maturity and time, uh, I know that I don't have enough information to have an educated opinion. And so until I do, I should keep my mouth shut. And so uh, my prayer through January has just been, Lord, give me the grace uh, to do more listening than speaking this month. And so, uh, yeah, so it's been great. great. Uh, just Just learning lots of stuff and uh, trying to trying to show up well and be present in each conversation. So, and you were at San Mateo two weeks ago, correct? And then mm-hmm. this last Sunday, you were at Mountain View. Mountain, Mountain View. View. Mountain cool. View is yeah. my alma mater. Nice. That's the campus. Yeah, that yeah I it was fantastic. At. They were great people. So kind, and uh, yeah, Matt and his team are great. It was really fun to interact with all of them, and um, you know, it's it's interesting to see campus because it was raining again, oh, which yeah. again is all Poor Mountain do- View it's campus all it does is- here. You can kind of see that their campus is really built for not <laughs> rain. And so I just was like, eh, I'm so sorry. Uh, but they told me that they had the best donuts. And so far, they Ooh, do. They do. Their donuts were there. fantastic. Yeah. I mean, okay. really, really good. And that's kind of a West Coast thing. If you're mm. not, if you don't spend a lot of time outside the West Coast, donuts get perpetually worse oh, or progressively worse uh, the further inland you go. And so. Colorado donuts were really disappointing. When we were in Seattle, I could give you a handful oh, yeah. of just yeah, yeah, yeah. shockingly good donut places. And they had a voodoo in downtown mm-hmm. Denver. Mm. But to me, voodoo is like, um, I don't know, it just it just kind of feels like a cliche. It's not regular donuts. No, they, and they're yeah. not even that good. It's Too just extra. Is, yeah, exactly. It's like if if you made a caricature of a donut, that's what voodoo is. So uh, <laughs> yeah. if, you're, if you work for voodoo donuts, I'm sorry. You're creating the image of God with infinite dignity, value, and worth. But uh, I just don't like your donuts very much. So. <laughs> Well, that brings us to today's sponsor, Chuck Do- Chuck's Donuts. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's the Mountain View one, though. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. I'm is it not? I, I just threw out Chuck's because there's like Chuck's is the Menlo like Park one, one by every campus. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's good. Unless they changed it, which is possible. That but. is possible. <laughs> we thank you, Phil, for this. Mm-hmm. We actually got a request for someone to 
sponsor yes this what? podcast oh yes. my so god i don't know where we stand with that yet like yes do we accept sponsors Heck or not yeah we do okay so we'll go for it this is from one of our um our online listeners yeah and she texted in um her employer which is spanga los gatos it's okay. a gym and training center there nice they'd Ooh. like to offer our staff look at a, this team building day what? in exchange yes. for shout outs on the podcast see so this this is a little prequel to like oh what we'll actually gosh. do yeah, but yeah. if you are a local <laughs> business owner if you would like yeah. to partner with menlo church if you're doing great things in your community or the bay let us know yeah let's go let us let's know. put a link to it in the show notes spangla spanga s-p-e-n-g-a and that's in los gatos spanga in los gatos that's fantastic los gatos look at that that's great Super we fun. did it. Yeah. Episode, oh second my episode. Gosh. Wow. I did yes. not expect yep. that to happen. That's good. That's I don't good. think we can technically probably officially take sponsors. I don't think so. Because of nonprofit stats. Right. I have no idea how it works in, right. in California, but Same. but we can we can rep people for sure. Yeah, yeah. we can still start them out. Yeah. It's right. great. Spanga. I take any perks too. Yeah, we'll take that. Yeah. yeah. It's great. But I've been super encouraged by all the things that have been coming in, all the questions. So thank you so much for, again, this is your time with Phil. We want you to participate right alongside with us. We're, we're here to be a conduit for what you're asking. So uh, let's jump in, Phil. Let's do it. Uh, we were ta- chatting about this a little bit just now. Um, one of our staff members, Mark Kim, shout out Mark Kim. Um, he wants to know what your most embarrassing moment on stage has been so far. Yeah, so uh, full cards on the table. There is a real answer to this question that I can't put on the internet uh, <laughs> because I've been doing this a long time. Like I, my first time preaching a weekend message, I was 16 years old. Oh my gosh. Oh, really? And I've been teaching since I was 16. So uh, I went to a little wow. church that were, they were so kind to let me learn and I uh, was really, really thankful. Uh, and I did musical theater. Like I did a lot of stage time when I was pretty young. Um, and so there's lots of flubs and things that just didn't quite go right. But the answer that I give, that's kind of the public consumption answer, uh, is I was using a illustration for something in a message about how I have this deep seated fear that I'm going to teach with my fly down. Um, and so, uh, I don't want to weird people out, but like before I teach, I always check to make sure that my fly is up Sure. and the, the weekend, one of the services of that weekend where I use that illustration, somebody comes up to me afterwards and they said, Hey, just so you know, your fly was down that oh my entire gosh. time. And so the uh, message that I gave that illustration and they were like, it was cool. It was like, well done. They thought I did it on purpose. I did not That's do it on purpose. I was going to say. And so that like deep seated in f- fear inside of me, which oh had probably gosh. lived at like a four or a five is now a hundred on a scale yeah. of 10 mm. and I will never do that again. So uh, that, that's probably my most embarrassing stage moment oh when gosh. you talk about how stupid it would be if your fly was down only to discover that while you were talking about that, your, your fly, fly was down. Was down. That, I don't you know go. about you, Mark, but being online so much the last couple of years that I 100% would always check that like consistently. Yep. That's terrifying. Yes. So, it is. Yeah. Well, it just it doesn't is. feel, it feels like when you realize that kind of stuff is happening, uh, you just want to walk off. You're like, well, we'll yeah. try again next week, guys. Yeah. This wasn't meant to be. Yep. All right. Question number two from Brett Corden, our next gen. Yeah, next gen director, director here at Central. Thank I just you. had I coffee like with him this morning. Where'd you guys go? Uh, St. Frank's. Oh, oh, yeah. What'd you think? That's a good one. Oh, man, their pour overs are incredible. I always forget about that one because it's so much further down. Yeah, it's, it's not that far. But yeah, yeah. Let's it's on the other side of the tracks. Yeah, it literally is. And we <laughs> sat outside and it was 40 degrees. 
And Brett, I'm like a pretty early riser. I think of myself as a pretty accomplished morning person. Mm. He had already gone swimming. Yeah. And I was like, what? That doesn't. So shout out to Brett. He's wild. Yeah. All right. What is your favorite vacation destination? Uh, I think that for us, uh, it's probably always going to be Cancun. That's where we honeymooned. Ooh. And so, and then we've had a couple instances to be able to be there without kids. And so just feels far enough that if something is a real problem, you can't do anything about it. So you, mm-hmm. you really can <laughs> disconnect and unplug. Uh, and it usually involves incredible Mexican food uh, and a beach. And so that's a, that's a special place for yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. Have you been to Hawaii? Never been to Hawaii. Okay. And when we were in Seattle, people were always going to Hawaii, but we were living in Seattle. And I think when we first got there, I think I was making thirty-five or $40,000 a year living in Seattle, mm-hmm. uh, which if you don't know, like I, I'm not that old. Like this is, cost of living is <laughs> exorbitant. And so with that, with that salary doing that in that place, it basically meant we survived. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we're watching people that are like, we have a vacation home in Hawaii. And we're like, we can't afford the Uber to the airport <laughs> to get on a plane to go there. We so, can't check our bags. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> bags better fly free. Yeah. And can we Southwest. fly in them? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that, but we, we've heard amazing things about Hawaii. Yeah. Okay. It is one of my, I think a collective place on staff where we're just like, it's our happy place. Yeah. We always talk about launching Menlo Maui. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you have land in Maui, mm-hmm. let us know let and us sponsor know. this podcast. Oh, yes. Yeah, we could launch Or mm-hmm. free airline tickets or something. For sure. Yes. Private jet time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of the above. All of the above. Brett also wants to know what your most despised pizza topping is. Pineapple. Wow. Oh, okay. Here's one of them. Okay. I just it, there's the there's the line right in the middle. You don't put of... fruit on pizza. You just don't put yep. fruit on pizza. But to be fair, I'm a kind of a picky eater, and so uh, in general, if it's meat, I'm I'm down. Let's throw it on the okay. pizza. If it's not, it's it's a pretty unique vegetable that I want on my pizza. So, mm-hmm. tomatoes, fruit, or a vegetable? Ooh, um, gotta challenge the challenger. You yeah, know, I think probably <laughs> vegetables where I'd put that. But, okay, for know. this for this application, for this yeah. application. <laughs> bingo. You got gotcha. It. You got okay, it. Mark, are you a pineapple on pizza? It's not my preferred topping. Mm. Um. I'll eat it if it's on there. Sure. But my ideal pizza is pepperoni and olives. Mm. Dude, that's me too. <gasps> yeah? That's my, yes. No way. Shout we out. We did it, everybody. <laughs> yes. Let's go. Oh my pepperoni gosh. Wild. Yeah. My boys okay. love that too. All three I mean, of our kids my, love that. Great taste. If yeah. you add sausage on it, yeah, dude, then it's like go. perfect. Yeah. But oh. black olives is my that. favorite food. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm the same. I, I'll so do pineapple because my, my best friend, her favorite is pineapple and pepperoni. So okay. we'll do the whole pineapple and pepperoni, and mm-hmm. then we'll add half with black olives for me. Nice. That's good. So what's funny is Alyssa, is, my wife, is not picky, mm-hmm. but she hates black olives. Oh, and wow. I am picky and like black olives. Oh, funny. And oh. so I'll just like eat them normally. It's not a big deal. And our boys all like them. But to her, like I hate pickles. I can't even stand when they've been on the same plate with things. Yes. And so uh, it, is, it is a hilarious thing because our boys will just come like take a handful of black olives mm-hmm. into Alyssa. To her, it's like her version of pickles. It's amazing. Ask Mark how he feels about pickles. How do you feel about pickles, Mark? I hate that. Yeah. Do, you know, do you want to know what I call pickles? Please. I call pickles food cancer. Oh, no. <laughs> because they it spread. Yeah, it spreads. I get that. It, it ruins everything. And they're like, when they bring me a burger and I've been very clear about what I want or don't want on it and it has pickles and they're like, do you want me to just take those off? Like, no, because it's ruined 
the bun. You got to at least bring me a different bun. Mm-hmm. It's it's permeated. Mm-hmm. It's in the cells of the bun. So, which is why I love them. But Gross. we had a barbecue mm-hmm. once, and I brought pickle like kettle chips. Gross. And unfortunately, I did not tell Mark oh, that, that's and hurtful. he like ate one. Was I didn't. I, I'm surprised that he still yeah, talks to you. I know. Honestly, that's grace right there. It was really bad. Yeah. I love pickles. I've it's had a lot of a, kindness, Mark. I've helped uh, throw Try a pickle party else. before where we bring Nasty. a bunch of different Nasty. <laughs> that's not a party. <laughs> I feel like that just described <laughs> hell. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. At least pickle purgatory. Pickle that purgatory would, for sure. sure. All right, we're right. moving on. <laughs> Eat your way out or keep going down. I'm, yeah. Nope. Let's go yeah. back to where we all agreed on <laughs> okay, black yeah, olives. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. good. That's cool. good. All right, this comes from an online viewer. Mm-hmm. How is Alyssa processing the Packers' exit from the playoffs? Yeah, so Alyssa doesn't really care about football, mm, so that's okay. step one. Okay. I think that she would be fine if the Packers were continuing on. Her, the last athlete that she really cared about was Peyton Manning, okay. and so she was. <clears throat> she liked Peyton Manning, so she liked the teams that he was on. Uh, which served us well for our first little <laughs> bit in Colorado because he was at he was in Denver. Yeah. Um. But yeah, basically after that, just didn't really care very much. She just knows that during the NFL season, I watch more football than she mm-hmm. cares for me to watch. Has she heard of a man named Jimmy G? Uh, yeah, I think she has. <laughs> um, you know, and I think he may have less injuries as a model than as a honestly. Player, so you should think about that switching dude just trays. needs to hang it, it up. I is think. your Mandy more her Jimmy G? <laughs> I don't think so. She really likes uh, she likes old school movies, like classic movies. So I mm. think her her like celebrity crush would probably be Cary Grant. Oh yeah. Oh. So uh, okay. yeah, she might have additional names to add to that list that would make me feel insecure. But that's the one I can confidently <laughs> assert. So yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll jump into some text in questions. Um, if you have questions and you want to text in, you could text our. Our number, it's below in the description. What is your favorite part about leading a church? And this came from someone that sent in like six or seven questions like they were conducting an interview with you. So I <laughs> yes. kind of boiled those down so to, good. to this That's one. That's good. I like it. I, mm-hmm. I appreciate somebody shooting their shot. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that um, doing church work is uh, it's unique because when you think about like a normal marketplace just in the world job, uh, the metrics are a lot clearer. So what does up and to the right look Mm. like? Um, And I think that I have existed in ministry for a while, seeing that our metric of what up and to the right was, what we celebrated was probably not sustainable. And by that, I mean, basically it was attendance and giving were the two numbers that mattered most. And I think both of those are important uh, numbers, like they matter. Uh, but I think that for me, when I read the new Testament and go, what is it that we're supposed to be celebrating? And I think the answer is life change. And Mm. so, uh, that, that gets mapped out in a bunch of different ways. It's an output goal, not an input goal. But, uh, I think when you watch people who they're living one way, going one direction, uh, shout out to the band. And then they, (laughs) they, uh, pursue a different one and there's no explanation other than God. I think it's just really humbling as a pastor. Uh, it reminds you that there's something way bigger than you that's in play in that. And uh, one of the stories that I'll always remember kind of in that vein is um, there's a family back in Colorado and uh, the wife, she had started, she'd kind of gotten reconnected to faith uh, as an adult in our church. And as she was taking her faith with God more seriously, uh, it was creating a pretty big divide with her husband who had been 
uh, brought up Catholic, mm-hmm. had become pretty strong atheist, very engineer, high tech minded, uh, and was basically like, hey, if you continue to pursue faith in Jesus, I'm out. Like we're gonna wow. we're gonna split. And so she was like coming up on the regular to our care team, asking for prayer and just saying like, I, I don't want this to cost me my family. And it was just very, uh, it was very clear to all of us the stakes that her faith that she was still, she was like, I'm not giving up on Jesus like that. I'm going to continue to pursue him. Mm. Uh, and then I remember one day uh, she came up with tears in her eyes and she was like, David prayed with me last night for the first time ever. Um, and they'd be fine with me saying their names, by the way. And, uh, and so then it was not very far after that. We had baptized her um, and we did like spontaneous baptism. So if people wanted to make their, uh, their faith public as an adult, and they'd never been baptized before, they could come get baptized. And so I see her on the edge of the stage, and I'm like, we already baptized her. And then she's crying, and I see him come out. Mm. And so then we baptized him, and it was this really cool, powerful thing. Well, we were doing a bunch of fundraising at the time for a whole bunch of tech enhancements, and we did some larger capital campaign gatherings, and they were at them. And so afterwards, I'd seen them off at a table uh, during the pitch, and I was like, oh, man, this is every person, like, they're my worst fear about what he thinks about church we just lived out right mm-hmm. that, like we just mm-hmm. want money and all that mm-hmm. and uh and so he starts walking up and i was like oh gosh what is gonna happen and uh i had used this phrase i said that you know we'd moved into the building about 10 years earlier i said 10 years ago there were people who didn't know your name but they loved you enough to invest in you before mm-hmm. they met you and it's your turn to do that and uh, and so he came up to me and he said, hey, you know what I'm excited about about all this? And I thought, oh, this could go a lot of different directions. <laughs> he said, when you talk to people 10 years from now about people who loved them without knowing their name, you're going to be talking about me. Hmm. And it was just like one of those moments in ministry, oh, like cool. that whole family, that whole situation. They had two kids. I was just like, th- their entire future and legacy will be different because she had the faith to yeah. believe and stick to it. And so, um, yeah, just a family that will be in my heart forever and i think those stories of uh transformational life change that you just get to stick with um everything else all the systems all the message prep all the events all the shenanigans that you navigate um i think when you see god create life change in in people um yeah it just keeps going so yeah long answer to a short question that's great great. all right we got another one from texton what is your favorite day ever but i would like to add a caveat Oh, it can't be your wedding uh-huh. or any of your kid's birth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Was that going to be your answer? Uh, I don't know. I, I, so <laughs> I got these questions this morning. So full disclosure, I have seen these questions before right now. Um, and this is a, this is always a hard question for yeah. me. Um, I think that there are it's easier for me to think about seasons than it is individual days. Uh, like the, the season question for me is mm. pretty easy. Uh, Alyssa and I are married. We moved to Fort Worth. We lived in downtown Fort Worth. We had some incredible friends. We did not have kids yet. Um, like life was pretty much just fun and spontaneous. We could kind of do whatever we wanted and we just enjoyed being together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was just such a really sweet, fun season full of nothing but potential um, and just the best Tex-Mex food you've ever had in your life everywhere, mm-hmm. which was a bonus. Um but yeah, individual days are harder. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it would probably be one of those times in Cancun or, you know, some like special kind of family vacation-y thing. Uh, those, are, those are really sweet days. But one, it, one single individual one beyond kind of those milestone yeah. days yeah. Doesn't, doesn't necessarily stand out. 
I bet Alyssa would have a much more thoughtful answer to that question. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> Last week, uh, I got to ask a question. Mm-hmm. I think Mark, you should get to ask one this week that you personally want to know. Well, from this conversation, <laughs> it sounds like you've casually dropped four or five different places that you've lived and uh-huh. met. How many oh, cities have you lived in? And how many mm-hmm. of that was at a church there or was mm-hmm. that separate yeah, yeah, than yeah, yeah, yeah. vocational so, ministry? So growing up, uh, my dad basically uh, fixed companies so that they could be sold. And Whoa. so we moved around a little bit. Um, I grew up, so I was born in Connecticut, was not there very long. And then moved to Ohio very young and was outside of Cleveland till second grade and then moved to upstate New York. And I was there till sophomore in high school hmm. and then moved back to the same town in Ohio, hmm. finished high school there, did undergrad in downtown Chicago at Moody. Uh, and I did some ministry in the city while I was there and then uh, went to Texas where I did seminary in Fort Worth, did some ministry down around there. Then we were in Seattle for eight years, uh, and I was doing ministry up there and uh, kind of started in student ministry, family ministry world, eventually was executive and teaching pastor, um, and then went to Colorado for seven years as the lead pastor there, and then Menlo Park for the last 17 days. So <laughs> that's, my, that's my journey. Alyssa, has uh, her story growing up was much simpler. Basically, she... Uh, yeah, she was born in Jersey, but was there just as a baby. Then her dad went to Moody. Then, then when she was still very little, they moved to Wisconsin, where he was a pastor for essentially the rest of her growing mm-hmm. up years. Um, and then, yeah, Chicago, Texas, Seattle, Colorado, California for her too. So, wow. yeah, cool. That's me. What a story. Yeah, yes, sir. sure. Fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so last week, you asked us a question. I did, yeah. And that uh-huh. question was, how does AI equip us to share the gospel in a more compelling way? And I wasn't going to bring this back up, by the way. I'm glad you did, but I wasn't mm-hmm. going to. I, I forgot, wasn't gonna to be put honest. The, put nope. the Mark has an answer. I have an answer. For both of us. But okay. first. Did you get this answer from AI? That's my question. <laughs> did you just put the question into chatbot? I did do that. Wait a minute, my surprise. Yeah. Um, but there was a listener that actually texted in yes. their answer to this question yes. as well. Ooh. So collaborative creation. Susie says that it helps her formulate prayers. So this week she prompted chat GDT to put in a prayer for guidance, peace, and love. And this is the answer that she got. She sent me a screenshot oh, nice. of, of her prayer. Dear God, we welcome you in humility and gratitude. We give you thanks for the blessings in our lives and ask for our guidance and protection in the days to come. We pray for peace and understanding among all people and for the strength to love and serve others if you have called us to do. We ask for your forgiveness for shortcomings and for the wisdom to live according to your will. We trust in your goodness and your faithfulness and know that you are always with us. That is one of the more theologically correct prayers that I've heard in a while, and it came from a robot. Yeah. (laughs) So we're all on the same page. I know. So if you struggle to pray, but Mm -hmm. you have like an idea of what you want to pray about, you just put it in there and it'll... Type up this beautiful prayer for you. Yeah. Right. And I think, wow. I think there's a New York, did we talk about this last week? <clears throat> there's a New York Times podcast called Hard Fork. Did we talk about that? <clears throat> so uh, they, they tackle kind of emerging technology issues. And I'm a geek, so I listen to it. <laughs> and they've been doing a lot about AI. And they talk about how exactly to what she's talking about, um, 
if you look at AI right now as like a springboard or a starting point, it's really helpful. Mm -hmm. If you think about like, hey, I just want AI to do the work for me and you expect what it's giving you is a finished product, you will be very disappointed. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. anyway, that's way to go, Susie. Look at that. I know. Wow. Compelling. Awesome. Yeah. I kind of had some, some thoughts on it as well. Um, it can equip us to provide new tools and methods for communication and outreach, like chatbots that can go from your language to native language. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it can create virtual spheres that you can enter into through AR or VR, and you could experience the story in a different way. And that was not my answer. That was the AI chatbots answer. Nice. I like that. Yeah. So that was cool. I, I kind of agree that it can both be immersive as well as a springboard for next steps as well. So things like generating discussion questions or mm. um, coaching on how to do something, how to live out a practice, write an action plan or write some, you know, I have this goal of, of doing this. How can I get there? Those are all ways mm. and this could coach you along. Yeah, I like that. And I wonder too, even, even if we think about it from like an early perspective when you're talking about next steps, we've all seen the there's like two versions of it right now, but you're on a website and it's like, Hey, do you want to talk to somebody right now? Right. And the one is like, you can talk to a terrible robot that knows nothing. Mm -hmm. That's option one or two. Some of them are like, Hey, sometimes we have like real humans that are ready <laughs> to chat with you. What if chatbot could be th the combination of those two mm -hmm. so that in real time you could like feed it a worldview and then feed it the information that's now part of it is it, obviously like any computer, it's only as good as the data you put in. Mm -hmm. But if it could just crawl your website all the time and you were like, hey, here's what I'm struggling with. And it could be like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. Express some version of empathy and then say, hey, here's a really great next step opportunity. Can I connect you to so and so who's doing that? Yep. And it could happen anytime to your point in any language mm -hmm. from anywhere wow. uh, mm -hmm. because it's always working. Right. I think that would be a really, I think we're not very far away from a tool like that. So, Jeez. yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It is really fun. Well, do you have a question for us for next week, Phil? A question for you guys for next week. Yeah. I think uh, you, know, you guys live in the online church world. Like, this is a thing you think about. Mm hmm. And I think there's like these bigger philosophies about how online church works and interacts with local church ministry, like how those two things kind of swim. And I think um, I would be curious the relationship between Menlo Church in-person experiences and online Menlo. How do those campuses, if you will, uh, work together long term, and I think that every campus informs the bigger central strategy in a multi-site environment. There's no way that it can't. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think sometimes online can sometimes feel like the tailpipe of regular ministry. It's like, well, there's a stream, so take it and then do whatever you want. But if you weren't the tailpipe, if you got to inform the engine, mm -hmm. what would you see as some of that best integration between local Menlo Church in person and online Menlo? Love it. Does that question make sense? Yep. Perfect. I'm excited about that. Good. Cool. Well, again, this is your time with Phil. We're simply passing along your questions, your thoughts, and prayers as well. So you could text those into us. You could write. You could enter those into a chatbot and have that chatbot generate <laughs> prayers and questions, and we could pass those along mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. But thanks so much for being here, Phil. Really appreciate your time. Of course. And every response that I've given today was brought to you by chatbot. So you're welcome. And Spanga Los Gatos. Spanga Los Gatos. <laughs> thanks, everybody. See, Bye. see ya.